Welcome to Scoop News Group's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by Google Cloud. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're talking about the growing use of artificial intelligence tools to help government agencies meet their mission needs. Our guest today is Alexis Bonnell, Senior Business Executive and Emerging Technology Evangelist with Google Cloud. Alexis has nearly two decades of experience in public service, where she has helped organizations design and create strategic programs to meet their mission goals. Prior to working for Google, she served in offices at the United Nations and at USAID. Today, Alexis works as an advocate for Google, working with public sector organizations to leverage new technologies that can help solve our nation's most pressing challenges. Alexis, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Wyatt. Really appreciate it and glad to be here. Well, in the past year, practical needs have driven urgency to adjust standard practices and embrace new technologies like AI. In response to the recent COVID-19 crisis, for instance, agency leaders have been empowered to look for ways to get better results for their mission activities. So Alexis, can you speak to the kinds of innovations and applications of AI within federal agencies that you've seen? And what are some of the AI initiatives that have really impressed you? Oh, goodness, Wyatt. There is so much that's impressed me. I think, first of all, this has just been such an incredible year in the sense of driving forward appetite around technology. So on one hand, uh, public servants are having to confront challenges really at a scale that that many of them had never had to do before. And I can speak with so much empathy having having been one of those. But I also think this idea of, of really being able to look at technology, to look at things like AI and ML, and really to kind of say, how can this help us do better? One of the groups that I really admire is USPTO. They have this incredible cadre of patent examiners that are so rich with experience and have to make such incredible judgments around what gets a patent, what doesn't. They really sat back and said, we have this incredible wealth of human talent. How do we use technology, things like AI and ML, and really take the very best and help that technology learn from that incredible uh, experience set that the patent examiners have? But at the same time, how do we really help it complement the knowledge set and the data and the information that a patent examiner needs to bring to bear to do their job. They're a great example of real intentionality and thoughtfulness of looking at AI and saying, how does this really help us do what we do better? You know, there are other examples. For example, NOAA is incredible. They've been doing around satellite data to improve weather forecasting. One of my favorites is the work that the U.S. Postal Service did around being able to scale virtual agents. And they were able to reduce the wait time for more than 80 million customers by really leveraging kind of what we would call CCAI or call center AI and, and other types of tools. You know, the last one I would say, just because I do think science and genomics and other types we're seeing and the use of AI and is so critical there. So, you know, I loved what Oak Ridge National Lab did specifically around using, in essence, large data for COVID-19 drug therapy pipelines. And if you can imagine, Wyatt, that Tennessee team screened 1 billion, 1 billion virtual molecules in 20 hours in order to accelerate the drug discovery for COVID-19. So, you know, all of those are their own type of example, but they're all why I'm so excited and so honored to be serving, you know, public servants with the Google technology that we're bringing. Let me shift to state agencies for a moment. State agencies seem to get hit the hardest with Mm -hmm. citizen demands when the effects of the pandemic first hit. In what ways did you see the states rise to the challenge? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. 
the things that they had to deal with were so personal in people's lives. Not only just, uh, you know, we can remember the incredible anxiety around what the virus was, the information anxiety, but more importantly, the potential financial anxiety for those who were laid off or impacted by COVID. I was so impressed by whether it was New York Department of Labor, Illinois, Arizona, so many different states who really said, how can we be as efficient as possible, especially in that idea of unemployment benefits and getting those types of things out to the people that, that needed them. And we have to remember that so many of these agencies, you know, they were overwhelmed. They might be used to dealing with 10,000 inquiries a day going up to 100,000, right? Going into the millions. And so this idea of really having to depend on a scale of technology to be able to address that. I think what was really interesting, Wyatt, though, as well, is the fact that these are complex problems. So it wasn't just uh, necessarily understanding if someone was eligible for unemployment and getting it to them as quickly as possible, but these states also had to think about, are we getting money out in the right way, in a responsible way, right? And Illinois in particular was really so visionary and proactive in saying, we want to get the right resources into the right citizens' hands, but we also want to be those responsible stewards and be able to look back and said, we did the very best we could. I think additionally, looking at states like Wisconsin and Rhode Island, who really thought not just about that moment in time, but about getting people back to work, right? Matching them up with the right type of thing. There was really interesting work around what we call the virtual career centers and leveraging technology, career bots, and, and kind of that data and information matchmaking. What I loved is this idea of kind of having a system that was actually advocating for you, right? Thinking about, well, here's your information, helping you tune that, helping you understand and access training, but then more importantly, really matching you with that opportunity. And what's so ironic, as many of us know, is that there were so many people out of work at the same time that employers are really scaling up. And so we're really seeing that virtual career center start to hit, you know, a peak, if you will, of getting people back into the workplace. So those were all, I think, you know, moments to really step back and pay a lot of respect and appreciation to our state leaders and local community leaders who, you know, were there trying to figure out what is the best way and what is the best vehicle in which we can serve our citizens. Well, as public sector organizations build more cloud computing and AI capabilities, how are you seeing them reimagining citizen experiences? You know, there's some really exciting ones. So, you know, whether it is work that New York is doing around really rethinking, for example, that digital front door, right? I, I don't think any of us are naive enough to think, well, you know, when we get through the pandemic, everything will go back to how it was before. People really do expect to have that detailed, that curated um, digital experience. And so this idea of saying, well, how do we make that as easy as possible? How do we consolidate that? How do we really bring constituents the type of convenience, the ease of information flow and access? And we saw this come up a lot um, and really kind of pioneered almost with a lot of the different ways that technology advanced access you know, around COVID. So whether that was looking at data forecasting around COVID, whether that was vaccine support. Another really interesting one was the City of San Jose just really trying to bring together that community website using AI translation, really looking for those moments of being able to bring more information to more people in a really equitable way. And one of the elements that I'm really excited about that I think we have just started to tap both the technology and the appetite is actually around sentiment. You know, what I really always wanted as a public servant was to feel as closely connected, you know, to my citizen, to my customer, to my constituent as possible. And I think this idea that we really can know people 
so much more than we could. The data, the conversation that we can have with them, and really on a constant basis say, am I serving you as best I can? What are you interested in? What are your preferences? What are your priorities? And I think public sector really has the opportunity to become that learning organization, if you will. And really helping that shape real-time policy is something that I'm really excited about. Well, next, I'd like to ask, what kind of barriers to AI adoption do agency leaders need to be mindful of as they push to modernize mission services? Part of the reason I came over to Google from being a public servant, I had a lot of misperceptions about the technologies and about how they work. And I really wanted to come and be able to peek under the hood and, and understand the art of the possible better. One of those myths, you know, many public servants have is to use AI or machine learning, your data has to be perfect before you start, right? And that's just not the case. There's incredible uses of, of both structured and unstructured data. And there's so much wealth in the data that we're sitting on. So I'd love to dispel the idea that your data has to be perfect. The second is I really had misperceived that it was going to be much more expensive and take much longer than I thought. Since coming here, and especially in looking at some of the use cases we've talked about already today, you know, you really saw a lot of these state leaders put AI in place in two weeks for not very much money at all. And it was really interesting to kind of say, oh, wow, this can move really fast. And it's not as complex as we often think. For anyone who's listening, if you you haven't already seen the website Teachable Machine, that is a great place to kind of start and really understand how AI works. And I would say the third myth is that I really assumed that I'd have to have a lot of new talent. I'd have to have AI data scientists, all of these people in order to just get started. And the reality is that's just not true. You know, whether it's Google or many of our partners, there is a lot of really user-friendly ways to get started that don't require the type of in-house talent that I think many public servants might be waiting for. And, and if we think about it, these folks have small teams. They have to find those dynamic partnerships. And so one of the things I would love to demystify is that people do not need to start from scratch. We really encourage IT leaders to think about recycling, reusing a lot of each other's AI investments, building off of each other. And this is kind of a form of AI sustainability. Well, lastly, Alexis, what are some specific strategies that agency leaders can consider now as they look to build out their AI capabilities? I think the first one is don't be afraid to reach out to partners like Google and others and ask what already exists. If it already exists, you know, can you see it? Can you move it forward? Does it kind of maybe cheat you 70% of the way you want to go? Is this hard? Is this expensive? And kind of really have a conversation around if your vision is something that's actually much more achievable than you think. The second, I think, is fall in love with your data. You know what I mean by that is like seek data agility, focus on building that living system versus the legacy system. And that intention around building for flexibility and building with the intention of unlocking your data so it can be useful and that it doesn't always have to be perfectly structured. The last one, I always kind of equate it to the idea of you can both design your perfect recipe and you can kind of sow your corn at the same time. And what I mean by that is you can run parallel tracks. You can invest in your data, both your current and historical data. You can use things like document AI to open and leverage your data to take information that might be paper-based and make it digital. You can be 
doing that while at the same time, you're really thinking about optimizing the use of that data, right? Testing that amazing recipe. And so sometimes we'll tend to see a group will focus on one before they can do the other or vice versa. And I really think this idea of that parallel track, leveraging and, and cherishing that data, bringing as much of it to bear at the same time that you're really curious about how that data can help you do more is probably the really exciting thing for me. Don't be afraid to kind of run parallel tracks. Well, those are some really great points. I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there for today, though. Alexis Bonnell, thanks so much for joining us to talk about meeting mission needs with AI. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks so much to the public servants around the world, making the world a better place. And thanks to Google Cloud as well for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our IT modernization in government series on FedScoop and statescoop.com and our FedScoop and Statescoop radio channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.